Hello everybody, how you doing? You're welcome to another episode of Ugo Steak Sports Talk. And my name is Ugo Amadi. Now, I'll just dive right in. On today's show, or rather today's episode, I'll be talking about two topics that are sort of related, connected, anyhow you want to describe it. The first is I'll be looking at the preview of the Chelsea Southampton game, as well as giving my opinion on Graham Potter. What I think should he still remain at Chelsea Football Club? Should he be let go by Todd Bowley and Clearly Capital? So just chill, relax, and listen to my opinions. You can always drop your comments in the comment section on Instagram or on um, Twitter at Steak Ugo on Twitter and Ugo Steak on Instagram. So let's dive right in. If you listen to the previous show, when I did the preview um, to the to the game, I predicted that Chelsea would win, or rather, I said I would love to see Chelsea win, you know, by a narrow margin, one nil, two one, and why I felt that Chelsea had the possibility of winning two one was because um, Chelsea wasn't playing that great and has has had terrible run of form. But despite that fact, Southampton has been languishing at the bottom. Rather, is still languishing at the bottom of the Premier League table. And as at that time, and even right now, they are managerless. No manager who they have in place is more or less a caretaker manager. So that was my prediction. Or rather, that was what I wanted to see. Chelsea try, win 2-1. On game day... Graham Potter decided to go with Mason Mount on the left flank. Well, one positive, he did start that Rufofana gave him his um, first start since he joined Chelsea, which was good. But outside that, he decided to rest with James and play Aspiqueta um, at right back, as opposed to Chaloba, who has been playing fairly well, though he's a centre-back, but he played fairly well, and then he played missing Mount at left-back, at, sorry, at left-wing. When you had, when Chelsea <laughs> you have um, two wingers, two natural wingers in Modric and Raheem Sterling, he decided to play missing Mount at the left-wing. Missing Mount, who's been, who's not had the best of form who's not been in the best of form so far this season and he's not even a winger he doesn't even have the natural attributes of a winger which primarily is pace and then power he doesn't have that electrifying pace to play as a winger so Graham Potter decides to play him as a winger the game starts rather a boring affair in my opinion but Dato Fofana was a bright spark in the game. It was a bright spark. Running at um, Southampton defenders, bodying Southampton defenders, you know, being a real live wire, a real threat to the Southampton goal. But what, come second half, or come the interval, what happens? He yanks Fofana off. And even in the game, he switched Fofana from the central position of a striker to the left wing and moved Mason Mount into the fourth nine position and then 
Come the second half, he yanked Fofana out of the game entirely and brought and played and brought in Ryan Sterling to play on the wings and then played Messi Mount as a false nine. So what do you do with that? This is the problem I have with Graham Potter. I usually say this that a team that has so many talented players is very easy for a coach, anyone in fact, to make the right to put out a very good starting level. But even in that he failed. Even in that he failed. And I also have said what marks a top class coach is how they're able to react to things happening in game to opposition's change of tactics. That is that's how you know how a coach at the level of a coach, that's how the elite managers differentiate themselves from the regular managers, decent managers, good managers, very good managers. That is how elite managers separate themselves from the everyday run of the mill managers. That's how, that's when you earn your money as a coach. How you're able to change the game when it's going against is going against you. When your opposite number at the opposing dugout makes a change or does some tactical switch how you re- are able to counteract and react tactically so his reaction was poor I know some people will say uh, but they have a lot of um, a couple of um, chances cleared off the line no that's not enough that is not enough and then, fortunately, Atuqueta commits a foul in the second half, brings down a Southampton player, and then you know what happens next. James Ward-Prowse gets the ball and do and you know and does what he does best, which is bend the ball into the the top corner. Because right now he's about the best free kick taker at least in the Premier League. I wouldn't go as far as saying the, as in Europe or in the world, but at least in the Premier League, he's the best dead ball taker. He's the best free kick taker. And he scored. And eventually, Chelsea lost the game. You know, in the, in the next segment, I'll be talking about what I think about um, Potter, if he should remain, if he should, if he should be let go, if he should be sacked. Obviously, I don't have the power to to you know make a decision obviously i just have a podcast you know i just give my opinions you may like it you may disagree with it you may say i'm wrong and all that but you know <laughs> Todd Bully and, and the owners of chelsea <laughs> may not even know that this podcast exists and that's true you know but in my opinion want to hear my opinion about potter just hold on in a few minutes, I'll be giving my own opinion on Potter. If he should stay or if he should go. If Mr. Bowley should swing the axe and let <laughs> and, and cut ties in the next few minutes, you'll be hearing my opinion.
thanks for staying on now i'll give my opinion about potter if you should stay or you should go this is just my own opinion you make your own decision now for me graham potter from the very first moment he was signed as chelsea coach the one thing i always asked was would he be able to meet the pressure because when there's no expectation you can't judge greatness and sometimes very good melts in the face of expectation you know at chelsea there's the expectation to win titles to in your worst season if you're having a terrible season rightly or wrongly the expectation is that you finish top four at the least if you're having a stinker of a season you finish top four that's the expectation so while i respected and still respect graham potter's journey you know from coaching um, a team in the ninth year of english football going to sweden you know while other english managers refused to take that adventure went to sweden caught his teeth in sweden went to swansea did well in swansea and then brighton and has made them you know a fairly comfortable premier league club without really you know being overly spectacular and some may argue you know to say um the resources available to him with the resources available to him he has been able to do um very well he was able to just do as much as he could have done he couldn't have done any better but they're playing better and scoring more goals under the zebi who who is his replacement you know at brighton so in my opinion I think Potter is in cut out for the Chelsea job. Now, by some hook or crook, he may end up being successful, but the way things are looking, I don't think he's cut out for the Chelsea job because decisions he makes are just head scratches. Okay, his decision to drop Abomiang from the Champions League squad is one thing. Okay, it's fair, fair enough. So you want to drop a striker. Fine, you want to drop someone from the squad to allow your three superstars you just signed, you know, to be included into um, the squad for the Champions League, Modric and your um, Jean Felix and your Enzo Fernandez. Understandable. But you had two injured players. You have two injured players on your books. Amando Broja injured for the entire season. He's injured for the season. He's not coming back anytime soon. The season is gone. He's gone. He's not going to play this season. And he may not even start out playing in the 2023-2024 season. So that was just like a gift to you saying, okay, you want to include these players? This is Broja for you to, to, to drop. Then drop Broja. Pulisic injured two months out. And we all know before a player will get back, you have to get back to physical fitness. You know, after he's recovered from his injury, whether surgery or whatever, or rehab, there's physical fitness getting to, back to some level of physical fitness as an athlete. And then there's getting to match fitness. There's getting match fitness, the ability to play 90 minutes, to play 60 minutes, 75 minutes, to even play 45 minutes, match fitness. 
and you know further were coming, the season would have been over. But he decided to drop Aubameyang. Now, people may say different things about Aubameyang, his attitude and everything. No one knows. No one knows what's going on in the training room, in, in the on the training ground. No one knows what's going on behind the scenes. But your highest goal scorer in the Champions League, you you dropped him out of the squad entirely, and you don't even play him during Premier League games. And then for Fana, an energetic young player, you you're messing around with the boy's confidence. First, it was not playing him at all. Now you start him. He's playing well. I think the best player, just his best player against Southampton, even if everyone was just dragging their feet. Then you take him off. And you take you play Mount in a position he's never played in his entire life. And Mount, to his credit, has played in different positions on the on the pitch, but he's never played as a false nine. But Graham Potter played him as a false nine. And there's something people forget when it comes to the elite level. When it comes to elite level management, there's certain intangibles. The winning mentality, the aura of winning that you're coming with as a coach. That makes players listen to you. The way you're able to motivate players. Ready to make them, put them in a mindset where they feel like they're ready to run through brick walls for you. He doesn't seem to have that. Even at Brighton, let's be honest, even at Brighton, this is not a Chelsea thing or players with big egos. Even at Brighton, even at Brighton, some Brighton fans have been complaining. Have been complaining. He's a very good coach, no doubt, but he's not an elite level coach. You know, he can't, I don't think he can coach where you have the expectations sky high as you have in, at Chelsea. You know, people um, love Real Madrid. You know, this is for people who are talking about long-term planning, long-term, you know, sustainable, this issue of sacking coaches. Um, it's not the best way to maintain long-term success. Let's look at what happens in Europe. Bayern Munich if a coach is not meeting the standards, you may be second or even first top of the league table. You're not meeting the standards. Maybe you're not winning the way they expect you to win. You're gone. Same thing with Real Madrid. You could be third, you could be second. And if the gap between Real Madrid and Barcelona is too big, you're gone. Because they don't want the standards to drop. Now, people love the titles Real Madrid wins, they, they, they love it, they love their clubs to be like Real Madrid in the way they win titles, they love their clubs to be like Barcelona in the way, respect to the way they, they play, Tiki Taka controlling the game, they love all that, you know, they love the history, but one thing that makes these big time clubs, big time clubs, is the ruthlessness of the board or the ownership all the people running the clubs they don't let standards drop you come in and you're playing the way they expect you to play the way the fans are used to to, to their team playing and in addition you don't win games you're gone not because they love sacking managers everyone wants a manager to succeed at their club that's why they hire the manager in the first instance but if you're not cutting it it's time to go 
it's time to go it's time to go if you're not cutting it it's time to go look at in, in italy the same thing the managers come in knowing that they have to meet a certain threshold if you come in six months seven months down the line nothing to show for it or your your team is playing very badly no wins or you're not playing the way the fans expect you to play you're gone but it seems to be a sort of fetish in english football you know where oh the coach must be here for 10 years 20 years i keep saying that these coaches are paid so much money 10 million pounds 12 million pounds 9 million pounds some sometimes that's net that is less tax after tax 9 million pounds Graham Potter and 12 million pounds I'm not quite sure if it's um, pre or post tax but 12 million pounds let's even say okay is pre tax so post tax may be um, let's say 11 million let's put it that way 11 million or or 10 million still that's a lot of money that's a lot of money you know so this issue of long-term planning or or long-term sustainable project has to do with one manager staying at the club forever that's not the way there's one thing i ask people i say what if this season had gone differently you know graham potter comes in bishy bash bush chelsea wins the quadruple boom and then something happens with guy southgate where maybe someone says um Maybe something happens to him, he has to leave, or the, the England national team is playing so badly and the FA wants him out. And he and he's sacked. And then the FA approaches Graham Potter. And Graham Potter, as every Englishman who will, you know, especially every English coach who with that pride in his heart, says, Okay, yes, I want to coach the national team. This opportunity only comes once in a lifetime. So and he then goes to coach England, the England national team. Would that down mean the Chelsea project is off? Would Todd Bully say, oh, you know, <laughs> this long-term project, <laughs> Potter just left, you know, well, uh, well, I'll just have to, to let him go. <laughs> I just have to sell this club because without Potter, this long-term project, uh, there's no way, there's no way we go, there's no way we can achieve it. You know, Potter has, has gone, you know, he's like Junior Jesus or the new Messiah. So without him, we, we can't do anything. So we'll sell this club, you know, we bought it for 3.5 billion, but Potter's gone, so we'll sell it for 1 billion. No. And in this day and age, long-term vision for a club is beyond and should be beyond one manager with the amount of data that you have available you you should be able to decipher how you want to play how you want to see your team play if you want ultra defensive style of play you can use the data to 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 fish out ultra defensive coaches if you want offensive minded coaches coaches that play down to the formation they use 433 343, 532, you know, 422, whatever formation, you will be able, you would be able to find using data analyst and analytics to find a coach that meets those requirements, that plays in that way. You will be 
even be able to find a coach with the right motivational skills and techniques that you want your manager to have. Now, long-term goals are built on small to mid-term goals. You know, long-term visions are built on small to mid-term objectives and goals. So you can't watch things going awry and say, "Oh, you know, uh, we just uh, we have a long-term plan." Now, let's say you have a company, for instance, because people tend to forget that football clubs are businesses. Let's say you have a company that produces. Um, iPhones or phones, smartphones, and you say, my 10-year plan is to be worth 10 billion by 2033. What 10 billion? Which then means the short-term goals would be every year the 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 the, the company's worth should grow by 1 billion. So at the end of 2023. It becomes one billion pound more valuable. At the end of 2024, it becomes an additional one billion pounds, that is two billion pounds more valuable. Or so so what do you then do? Would you if you have a CEO in the company and you've given him these objectives, and each year, each quarter he loses 500 million. Each quarter he loses 500 million. What would you do? Would you say, oh, you know, don't worry. We have that long-term goal to get 10 billion. You're losing money. You're losing money. Like it's going out of style, but don't worry. Not to, don't bother yourself. It's, it's fine. We have this long-term goal. You know, we have this long-term goal to be worth 10 billion. And you, never mind you losing 500 million every quarter. That's fine. That's, that's no problem. You can lose as long as that long-term goal we have in, in future. In 10 years time to be worth 10 billion pounds as long as it's there that's fine we can lose as many you know as 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 many uh, uh, we can lose 100 million pounds every day doesn't matter so the fact you lose 500 million pounds every quarter it's okay no problem no businessman would do that and i'm sure such ceo or director would be voted out of that company and maybe let go without any severance bonuses and packages people come in and want you to believe the only way to have a long-term plan a long-term vision for a club is to have one manager irrespective of how the manager approaches short-term visions short-term goals short-term objectives irrespective of what happens on the pitch irrespective of win wins and losses you know irrespective of how the team plays irrespective of you know the dire and bland post-match conferences, the uninspiring, you know, post-game talks. No, just let him just play him. Now people say, and this is one that gets me laughing and gets me angry at the same time. People say, if you sack Graham Potter, who are you going to bring in place? People sound like Graham Potter is Pep Guardiola's mentor. Or Guardiola 2.0, or Pep Guardiola worships on the altar of Graham Potter. It's just, it just makes me scratch my head sometimes. You know, when you have Pochettino, fine, he hasn't won anything. Let's be honest. Okay, he won the French League. I'm not quite sure he won the French League, but he hasn't won anything of note. But look at what he made sports relevant. 
the fact that sports can dream of being a top four club is because of Pochettino. Took them to the Champions League final. Okay, if you say Pochettino isn't doesn't quite have the winning minerals, okay. How about Luis Garcia, uh, Luis Enrique? I'm sorry. Now Luis Enrique, Champions League winner with, with Barcelona, La Liga winner with Barcelona, and played good attacking football. So it's not like oh he's some ultra defensive coach. But some say, oh, he's not a project coach. He's not a project manager. What does that mean? Nobody wants to sack their coach. As long as you produce the goods. Now, producing the goods doesn't mean you have to win the league title in two seconds. But you show an upward trajectory. You show improvement in style of play and results. And right now, Potter is not showing either. You watch the style of play, you're not saying, oh, maybe they're playing high-pressing football, the way they're attacking, it's so wonderful, but we're just missing out on goals. No. <clears throat> you don't get the results, you don't get the style of play. No substance, no aesthetics. Then, you have Zinedine Zidane. The manager to have won, the only manager, I think, to have won Champions League, Champions League title or trophy, back to back to back, three times in a row. One winning La Liga titles in addition to his uh, um, achievement as a football player. One intangible that Potter doesn't have, that Zidane has, is his aura. Because with what he's won and what he's achieved, I tell you, if Zinedine Zidane steps onto any pitch, or rather steps into any dressing room, the players would listen. When he speaks, they will listen. They will listen. They would listen. And in addition to what he's won, they would listen. So this is not somebody who was a star as a player, but not so great as a as not so great as a coach. Hans Flick, look at what he did with Bayern Munich in Champions League, dominating Bundesliga, destroying Barcelona twice. Yet some people feel he's not good enough. And when you're saying good, you're comparing him to who or what? Graham Potter. We're talking about Potter here. We're not talking about some, you know, second coming of, of, you know, or <laughs> second coming of, of Vicente de Bosque or, or or some coaching genius. You know. So this is my take. I think for me, it's time to for Potter to go. You know, the owners say they're backing Potter. Fine, that's their money. They they have the right to make the choices they're making. But I feel they're making the wrong choice. They're making the wrong choice. And the media has already been given excuses. You know, sign lots of players. Um, they need time to gel. You know, he came in mid-season. He, when he didn't come in mid-season, he came in with five games gone. So there's loads and loads of games to play. But there you have it. So that's my opinion. I think it's time for us to go. Let me know your opinion. Feel free to disagree with me. We all have the right to agree, to disagree. We have the right to disagree. We have the right to just plainly agree. So let me see what you think in the comment section on Instagram and on Twitter. On Twitter is Take Ugo. That is S T A K E U G O. And on Instagram, it's Ugo Steak. That is U G O S T A K E. 
So once again, it's Ugo Madison. Thanks for listening and have a splendid day.